Hello and welcome to the Chair's Corner from the Department of Medicine at the University of North Carolina. This is our series for patients where we talk about HIV and today is our final and special episode where we welcome a research study participant, Rob, and Dr. David Margolis for a conversation about CURE research. Rob is an active study participant in our clinical trials at UNC and we are most happy to have him here to share his experience. Dr. Margolis is a professor of medicine, microbiology, and immunology in our division of infectious disease. He's the director of the HIV Cure Center at UNC. He's the principal investigator for care and the collaboratory of AIDS researchers for eradication. So welcome, Rob and David. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Rob, we're going to begin this conversation with you today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a bit about how long you've been participating in, in research studies. So the current study I'm in has been going on for about two years, pretty long one. Before that, uh, I'd been in too many studies to count pretty much since I uh, was diagnosed and brought into the ID clinic. At first, I was in a study combining two different medications, I think Truvada and Itravirine, or Intellins, um, and just seeing how they work together. So that's how I initially was getting my HIV meds for free through the study, which was great because I didn't have health insurance at the time. And since then, I've pretty much been involved with different studies ever since. Go back to the first time you entered a clinical trial. Uh, what inspired you to get involved then, the, at the very outset? The very outset was getting free medication. Okay. <laughs> um, That's a like good, I said, yeah. I didn't have health insurance. Right. Uh, currently now I'm on ADAP, so that's, you know, all taken care of. Um, but but you're still inspired. Was, you're still inspired to do it. Of course, yeah. So it's uh, changed over time. What is it now? Um, the money is still a big part of it. But at the same time, uh, it's more than just, just the money. I feel like being a part of research while also being in care here has uh, changed my perspective on having HIV and uh, just kind of my treatment in general. I guess when I was first diagnosed and came in, I went through a period of depression, which I think is common with HIV patients or anyone who's diagnosed with a chronic illness. Um, and being part of research to potentially cure uh, the illness just makes me feel better about having the illness. I feel like, you know, my pain and suffering is going to help someone else eventually. Well, there's been a tremendous, uh, incredible change in, in treatment over, over your lifetime. So your participation in folks like you has un been unbelievably instrumental in, in the things that Dr. Margolis uh, has been doing. What, what do you think other people in the community, other folks with HIV, uh, feel about HIV research and, and treatment? Do you have a, a sense of that? No, I don't get out much. I'm pretty much an introvert. Um, I know PrEP is, like, really big right now. I feel like I honestly don't have many friends who have HIV, but I do have, um, I do have other friends uh, who are on PrEP, and I feel like just in general public knowledge about HIV and what treatment is like is 
was really changing from when I was first diagnosed. I encountered a lot of ignorance at first, but I think since um, PrEP came out really, it's kind of changed the conversation. People are more understand how HIV is transmitted, how the drugs work. That's a big part of it. I had, I guess prior to being diagnosed, I knew for the most part how HIV was transmitted, but I knew nothing about antiretrovirals and how efficient they are at um, you know, preventing transmission and, you know, what the current research is like. Uh, I feel like kind of public perceptions, you know, always going to be behind the research, but I feel like things are getting better in terms of what most people know about HIV. So, Dr. Margolis, so let's talk a little bit about some of your current trials. Uh, where is cure research today? Uh, and then referable to Rob, how does the participation of folks like Rob play in what you do? We have a sort of a number of trials ongoing. They're a small number, and they involve a small amount of people. I think really our approach has been that we're just at the beginning of HIV cure research. And so these are really more like small experiments than big clinical trials that are going to give an overall answer and get a drug or a therapy licensed. Um, so participants like Robert, who are sort of willing to stay with us for the long term and study things step by step, are really very important. Uh, it's a very different dynamic than Robert was talking about in the beginning. Uh, earlier when antiretroviral therapy was being devised and perfected, there was a clear benefit for people to be in studies, sometimes to get compensation or access to medication, but the medication itself was their therapy. And so there was definitely the, the risk-benefit calculation of being in studies was much easier to understand. Now we're just trying to understand how to make the persistent virus um, vulnerable to be cleared, what to use to clear the virus to eventually get rid of it. And it's a step-by-step -step process, one study after another, putting the pieces together. Hopefully someday people like Robert will benefit from the work we do now years later having a therapy that we can actually use in the clinic and eradicate infection. But right now, we need them as our partners to help us make this progress. So right now, um, Robert's been in some studies where we've been looking at the activity of what's called a latency reversing agent. Uh, the drug is called Verinostat, and it affects the human cell but also forces the virus out of latency to sort of wake up and show itself. We think that's the first step to make the latent hidden virus vulnerable. And then we're using, as a second step, several immunotherapies. And the study Robertson right now, he's getting a unique vaccine that's given over a couple of months to sort of prepare his immune system, we hope, to see the virus when it gets woken up so it can be cleared by that immune response. And so I think you're essentially sort of in the middle of a bunch of cycles of vaccine and verinostat and vaccine and verinostat. And by later in the spring, we'll try to get uh, assays, very sensitive assays to measure 
how much virus can we still detect, and is there less now than there was in the beginning? We've had several podcasts already in which uh, the message has become pretty clear that if you continue on your medications each and every day and the virus has disappeared from your blood, you're going to do really well. What you're describing is the reality that even if the virus has disappeared from the blood, the, it hasn't left the body completely. And right. what you're hoping to do with this latency reversal drug is to find the virus or have the virus come out of its hiding spots and then get rid of it once it has reemerged. Correct. Am I that's generally right. describing that? That's, that's exactly correct. The question then from your perspective, Rob, is how important then is it for you to really get rid of this virus altogether, totally gone? Yeah, it would be great not to be dependent on medication, and hopefully we'll reach that point, you know, eventually. But yeah, I really don't think about having HIV that much. Um, before getting diagnosed, I already took medication on a daily basis for something else. So there, that wasn't really an adjustment for me. It's really not something that comes up that often. But yeah, I've, I've been managing it just fine. Wouldn't it be nice, though, at some level to really completely get rid of it all together so you never even have to... Th- yeah. Yeah, never have to think about it again. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I guess my perspectives changed a little bit over time. I have a lot of friends with different chronic illnesses. Like I said, when I first got HIV, it, you know, impacted me a lot. Um, but I realized, you know, I'm, I'm very, this is the best time to have HIV. That's something I get told by doctors a lot. You know, it's similar to having like high blood pressure. Right. Yeah. It would be nice not to have to deal with it and not have to worry about, you know, where to get my medication, you know, if our healthcare system collapses, you know, am I going to die? That's that's stressful. But as of now, you know, thing, things are okay. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with, we were told up front that don't expect to be, you know, cured by these studies. I'm not in it, you know, for that. I'm in it to help people in the future. And, and that's very important. Uh, but it should also be said that it's that a, a lot of people with HIV, like Robert, are, you know, sort of dealing with it. And there's some uncertainty and, you know, concern over time about their future health or access to medicines. But many, many people um, also feel very stigmatized and very burdened by this sort of chronic sword of Damocles hanging over their head, you know, what will happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. And then on the global social scale, I don't know that we, uh, if we could treat people for a few months and then have them have virus eradication achieve a cure, wouldn't that be better than having to provide chronic medical care for a chronic illness sure. to millions and millions of, of people around the world. Yes. Yeah. So. I must admit, I take blood pressure medicines. If somebody could figure out a way to stop me from having to take blood pressure medicine uh, and, and have that 
go away, I'd be thrilled to stop taking a daily drug. So the drug that you're taking now, say it out loud again. For my treatment or for the study? For the study. Uh, Varinostat. And do you have any symptoms from taking Varinostat? Not that I've noticed so far. Pretty, pretty easy to yeah. take. So can you tell us, Dr. Margolis, a little bit more about this drug and, and what you're learning from folks like Rob who are taking it? So um, Varinostat is in a class of drugs. There are several of them. They were originally developed for cancer treatment for oncology, and they're targeted against uh, mechanisms in the normal cell. Um, they were developed in cancer therapy because when you target those mechanisms in cancer cells, they tend to die, whereas in normal cells, there's less of an effect. But there's still some effect in normal cells. When a normal cell has a virus in it, targeting those mechanisms also reverses latency in HIV virus. And if it's in the sleeping off state, takes it towards the on state and makes the virus be expressed the cell makes viral proteins, and it can be then seen by the immune system. So kick it out of the cell. Right. And how effective has this been in your experience so far? It's very effective in the lab, and we can measure effects of it reliably in people. But there's really a second step that I think has to come. After the virus proteins are expressed in the cell, the immune system has to see that cell, and it's a very rare cell spread all over the body, hidden in various places. So I think the immune system has to be augmented to be better than usual at finding HIV and killing HIV-infected cells. So, so far, just giving Varinostat has disturbed latency, but has not depleted any persistently infected cells in people. So now all of our studies are trying to put something on top of Rinostat, an antibody, a vaccine, an immune cellular therapy, or something else. So before doing the current study with Rinostat, I did a similar study with creating the vaccine that Dr. Margolis was just talking about. So now the current study I'm in is combining both of those therapies. Um, and when, so prior to the study, there was a separate study that was just testing the effects of Rinostat. At first, I declined to be in that study because I was concerned about potential side effects of Arinostat. I did further research. I looked at, um, you know, what the side effects are and the research behind it. And I eventually, did, once the, the next opportunity came up, I decided that it was worth the risk. We're using really low dosages compared to, you know, what would be used for cancer treatment. And there've been, a, I feel like there've been enough studies so far that I feel fine with taking it. Um, I've had friends uh, who are not happy with me taking Varinostat um, since it has been, you know, there's been limited testing on healthy people. But at the same time, someone has to take the risk. And I'm, I'm single, I don't have kids, I work from home, I have a lot of free time. So like I'm in a kind of unique position to help so that, that's part of why. But so far, no problems. Good. Really. That's great news. Great news. So this, this really illustrates exactly, you know, the challenges, but at the same time, what's so great. Um, Robert took the vaccine, and we know exactly how it works in him because we measured it. 
Then he took Varinostat, and we know exactly how it works in him because we measured it. And now we can put them together and find out exactly how well they work together. And do you take uh, regular sorts of HIV drugs at the same time or just those yes. two? I'm taking Triumet daily, which is a combination of antiretrovirals as part of my treatment, separate from the study. That's just for usual maintenance care. Yeah. Yeah. So if this drug doesn't work, if are there other latency reversal drugs on the horizon? We have several immunotherapies, clearance therapies that we're testing, and actually out in the field in other research groups, there are quite a number of these sorts of approaches. On the latency reversal side, the, what we have discovered so far is somewhat more limited. So there's only a few, one or two or three things that can be tested in people now. But our research program is trying to develop new agents, and we have some new agents that we've just discovered that are moving into animal testing, and we hope maybe in a couple of years to be able to move them into the clinic as well. It's a huge advantage to have the same uh, person like you, Rob, who is willing to participate in one study after the other, because otherwise one doesn't know the effects of combination therapy if you don't know the effects of each drug by itself. So your willingness to participate in one of these after the other is, is unbelievably useful for the community as a whole. There's no doubt about that. Okay. Why have you stayed involved? Uh, I, do, I have made personal bonds with, with the people. I don't get to see Dr. Margulis that much, actually, but um, some of the research assistants, it's nice seeing the same people every, you know, every now and then some kind of friendships. It's nice. I've also just learned a lot um, about HIV and just how research is done in general and how the FDA works and all that fun stuff. So, and I, I've used that in my personal life. I took a um, peer outreach class at ECU and I've done a couple workshops on HIV prevention. So I've gotten, I've really gotten a lot out of it. I have nothing but good things to say. Good, good, good. If somebody's listening to this podcast and is thinking about joining a clinical trial of some sort or the other, what would you tell them? Yes, definitely do it um, or look into it. Uh, there are so many different studies going on. In addition to HIV research, we live in like one of the best places in the world to be for medical research. So... There's plenty of opportunities to get involved. You know, you don't have to take experimental drugs. Um, I used to be terrified of needles, believe it or not, and this has been really good exposure therapy for me. <laughs> I'm no longer, I can't look when I get stabbed still, but, but I've come a long way. So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities to get involved. You, you can pick, there's, you know, look into it. Um, it's worth it. Dr. Margolis, just looking to the future, this whole concept of latency reversal and then getting rid of the virus once it rears its head again, what are the next steps? Where's that all headed? I think um, things are sort of headed towards a convergence of many different areas that can of HIV research that can be perhaps used together. So... Robert talked about taking a combination pill, which is uh, three or sometimes four different medicines in one pill, lasts a whole day, and that's your entire therapy that you need to take. 
So there are now developments trying to deliver those medications in other ways where they would last for three to six months or perhaps even a year. Um, so you didn't, no longer would need to take daily therapy. Right. So you would need to get a, a, an implant or an injection every once, every several months. So that could serve for treatment. That could serve to, for as a preventive treatment if someone was at risk of being exposed. And at the end of when we um, get to whatever treatments we're going to do that are going to um, flush the virus out and allow the immune system to clear infection, we probably will always worry, just like with cancer, that there's some cell left behind. We missed one or two places. And we probably want to have an insurance policy in place for some period of time, like a vaccine or like a very long-lasting therapy, um, so that when we believe that we've cleared infection, someone could still become infected again. They're now at risk of new infection, potentially. Uh, so if we had a vaccine or a preventive therapy, that would provide that both that insurance policy against re- relapse of infection or reinfection. Yeah, really exciting. No question about it. Rob uh, and uh, David Margolis, thank you so much for, for participating in this podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much to our listeners for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this series, please take a moment and subscribe to The Chair's Corner on iTunes and leave us a rating and a comment. You can also find us on SoundCloud, the UNC Department of Medicine website, and on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening.